Hi, I'm Katie Marquette, and you're listening to Born of Wonder. And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. Welcome to Season 3 of Born of Wonder, a podcast where we explore anything and everything that inspires wonder and awe in the world. We are especially inspired by the words attributed to St. Gregory the Great. We make idols of our concepts, but wisdom is born of wonder. I'm Katie Marquette, your host for the past two seasons. Um, I run a blog by the same name, Born of Wonder, which you can find at bornofwonder.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Just look up Born of Wonder and you will find me. So thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited for this season. I'm so excited for the guests I'm going to have on. I'm so excited for the topics. We're going to be talking uh, Scotland and saints and theology of the body and uh, the literary life on today's episode. We're going to be discussing fairy tales and Tolkien and C.S. Lewis and the problem of pain and just discovering and uh, exploring so many exciting topics. Uh, I, I can't wait to share them with you. So thank you so much, as always, for following along. Uh, thank you for the reviews and uh, and just sharing the podcast. Uh, I realized that I never really introduced myself. <laughs> um, if you found this podcast, you might have found me through my blog or Instagram. Um, so maybe you already know me a little bit. Um, and I and of course, this, this podcast isn't about me. Um, although you you hear about me uh, just because uh, I tend to share a little bit about my life as it's relevant to the topics. And um, but I thought I would just introduce myself a little bit. Um, so my name is Katie and uh, I, I love to read. I love books. Uh, I have a background in uh, English literature and religion, religious studies specifically. Those were my two majors in undergrad. And I also went to graduate school where I got a master's in conflict resolution with a a certification in humanitarian and refugee emergencies. Um, That was surprising to me as well. Uh, I ended up working for a show, a public radio show um, that hosted people of different religious traditions uh, and different backgrounds and talked about very contentious issues sometimes. I was a content producer intern there. I learned so much uh, at that show. 
and I ended up working in public radio and I still uh, still do project-based things for pro- public radio sometimes, um, do audio editing, things like that. But mostly right now I take care of our baby daughter who uh, at the time of this recording is is nearly 10 months old and um, that is that's my that's my main job in life and it is such a gift to be able to do that I live in the countryside I love to ride horses I grew up on a horse farm and I'm also a convert to Catholicism uh that's, you know, if you aren't religious, if you aren't Catholic, that's totally fine. I think I probably have a lot of uh, Catholic listeners. Um, and I just want you to know that that's my worldview when I'm when I'm coming to these topics. But I will tell you that I came from a background of uh, atheism, agnosticism, um, aesthetic appreciation of the church. Uh, sort of, I always say I had an aesthetic crush on Catholicism for a long time. I actually went to mass for quite a while. And uh, you know, I did my senior thesis in college on St. Catherine of Siena, all the while not being a, a uh, believing person myself. And it took a, a long time for me to get past that academic stage um, into sort of a lived experience. And I'm always open to talk about that. Uh, so if you ever want to email me to discuss that more, um, maybe I'll do an episode about it sometime. Or maybe this is the sort of thing that I would uh, include in my Patreon, um, which is also something I just wanted to mention here is that I have started a Patreon account. I haven't really um, formulated exactly what I um, sort of my vision for it because I do want it to be something that is uh, worthwhile for people, uh, especially if you sort of went to a higher tier of patronage or something like that. I certainly would want it to to be worth your while, but um, it's not free to make this podcast. Um, podcasting uh, requires you to have a, a hosting venue that does cost money, and then um, I also subscribe to um, Blue Dot Sessions and other things like that so I can Uh, use music and certain things like that, licensing, um, which allows me to create sort of these sound rich things, which I think is really valuable. And uh, so, so no, it's, it's not free, free to do this. Uh, It's not a huge amount of money or anything, but, um, and then any extra money, of course, would just sort of, you know, allow me uh, even more time and resources uh, to make more podcasts and uh, content. So that would hopefully be beneficial to people. So I've opened up a Patreon. There's only one option right now. It's $2 a month. Um, You could, you know, do one month and then, you know, give it up. I mean, but even if only a couple people did that, um, honestly, it would be very helpful and it would be, um, it would, it would cover a lot of just those baseline fees. So I certainly appreciate that. I'm going to put the link in the show notes and, um, yeah, I just, I really appreciate that, but I also appreciate reviews and just sharing the podcast. That is a wonderful way to support me. Uh, if you, if you think that, that what we're doing here at Born of Wonder is worthwhile, And um, just, you know, you can email me, follow along. Uh, I take suggestions a lot for topics. Um, But this is enough of me uh, just just rambling here. Let's get to the topic of the day, which is the literary life. So maybe you recognized that iconic scene that I started the episode with, which I think um, I know I have a lot of a lot of kindred spirits listening to the show. Uh, Maybe you memorized this this uh, movie as much as I did growing up, which is uh, Beauty and the Beast. It's the best scene. It's when uh, the Beast gives Belle her very own library, which what more could any girl want? I mean, if any, any, uh, any gentlemen listeners just, just give, uh, give your girlfriend a library. I mean, 
beautiful. I mean, especially like this one in Beauty and the Beast. I mean, multiple tiers. You know, I always have, I've had this dream of that ladder that can move back and forth as you just sort of uh, explore your growing collection of books. Um, not like my book collection right now, which is mostly just piles uh, at various points in the house for the baby to sort of just take down and knock over um, or, or buried in the basement because I don't have room for them. Uh, <laughs> bit of a book hoarder. Um, both me and my husband are. It's a problem. Uh, but yes, so that's an amazing scene uh, when, when she's given the gift of books. I just think that's such a beautiful concept. And um, I also, I'm going to play another clip right here. And, uh, and, and I bet uh, a lot of you are listeners to, uh, or viewers rather, of this show that I'm going to be quoting from. I live in two worlds. One is a world of books. I've been a resident of Faulkner's Yoknapatafa County, hunted the white whale aboard the Pequod, fought alongside Napoleon, sailed a raft with Huck and Jim, committed absurdities with Ignatius J. Riley, rode a sad train with Anna Karenina, and strolled down Swan's Way. So that was uh, none other than Rory Gilmore from Gilmore Girls at her uh, graduation from Chilton. And uh, I just always love that. I think she really speaks to the power of books, um, how they can take us to another world, how we can occupy different identities and, uh, and, and just how rich of a life uh, the reading life is. And I certainly relate to that from when I was younger and um, I was actually sort of borderline antisocial with my family because I would always be just so, you know, um, <laughs> had my face in a book. Uh, I, I think that a lot of teenagers today maybe are using their phone in the same way. Um, I can't say it's a healthy way that I used books all the time uh, to avoid interaction with my family, but <laughs> I did. I would just have a book up. I remember distinctly one time reading a book um, sort of just by this dim light from the porch as we were watching fireworks on the 4th of July. Can you imagine anything more annoying than your 15-year-old doing that? So yes, that was me. Um, <laughs> I loved reading. I always loved reading. Um, here's a great quote from Nora Ephron. Reading is escape and the opposite of escape. It's a way to make contact with reality after a day of making things up. And it's a way of making contact with someone else's imagination after a day that's all too real. And I think that um, many of us who are readers can really relate to that. We, we know that feeling of wanting to just immerse ourselves in a book. Um, and it can, be, it can be an escape, but it is also a way to, to have an emotional connection and to sort of um, make contact with somebody else's mind when we felt alienated or alone or lonely or anything like that. Reading uh, is an incredible gift in that way. Another great quote from one of my favorite movies. It's a very bookish movie, I think, despite its name uh, referring to the internet. <laughs> it's from You've Got Mail, and Kathleen Kelly says, when you read a book as a child, it becomes a part of your identity in a way that no other reading in your whole life does. And isn't that true? I don't know about you, but I, I think about the books I read as a kid. I loved um, Marguerite Henry. Uh, you know, I was a big, big horse girl, big horse fan. So I read um, Misty of Chincoteague and King of the Wind. And then, of course, I read Anna Suell, um, Black Beauty. Uh, was so impactful. The Harry Potter books were read to me. And then I read um, the later ones on my own. 
uh, Anne of Green Gables, um, the Betsy Tacy series. I just have like sort of very viscerally um, strong memories uh, of those books and also just what it was like to spend an afternoon just totally immersed in this other world to feel that these characters were alive and that I knew them and that they understood me. Um, I think especially as 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 a young child who's sort of grappling with your identity um, and your place in the world, it can be so beneficial to see sort of the plethora of um, characters and types of personalities that exist in the world through books, uh, because that is the way that we, we encounter people. And I think people use the internet, maybe kids use the internet now in the same way. They're searching for, uh, they want to make connection, they want to meet other people, they want to know what other sort of lives there are to live, um, what, what other places there are, what what it's like in other parts of the world all this curiosity is good and natural and uh great and the internet can be very good for those things but i wonder um sort of how surface level it is uh on the internet a lot of times for kids especially with their attention span just one you know one tab then the other or one video then the next um whereas a book it re requires sort of this prolonged engagement with another person's imagination with the author's imagination and then uh primarily with with these characters that end up meaning so much to us i i can't think of um anyone any character really who's meant more to me than uh joe march and just seeing her identifying with her um, and being inspired by her, just this, this character has become very, very real to me. And uh, I thank God for Louisa May Alcott writing Little Women because uh, that book and that, uh, the subsequent adaptations of it and everything have occupied my imagination so much. They've changed my life. I, I named my daughter Josephine for a reason. And, uh, and I think that, that reading that prolonged, concentrated engagement uh, in another world is, is so profound. It's so important. Um, here's a great C.S. Lewis quote, you can never get a cup of tea large enough or a book long enough to suit me. Um, I think maybe, maybe uh, a lot of listeners will, will relate to that. I certainly do. I'm, I'm drawing a lot of these quotes from a uh, blog post I wrote years ago now, a couple of years ago, um, in which I talked about St. Jerome. And St. Jerome is, actually, is the patron of li librarians and reading. Um, he uh, was a saint living in the 300s, and uh, I was very excited when I learned that his feast day is on my birthday. So it seemed like sort of a gift to me. Um, and he's maybe, maybe you know him as the primary translator of the Vulgate, uh, the, the Latin translation of the Bible. He was also known to be sort of a surly, uh, <laughs> um, snappish kind of character, had a bit of a temper, a bit of a, a sharp wit to him. Um, and, uh, you know, not that I am ever like that. <laughs> Um, so I, I certainly related to him. Um, here's a great quote of his. There are things in life that are bigger than ourselves. Life is short. Live it well. And uh, those things in life that are bigger than ourselves, that's what this podcast is all about. And that's what I think of when I think of reading. Um, and one of my favorite legends is uh, around St. Jerome is, is, is this legend of St. Jerome in the wilderness. Um, it's a simple story, but it's really moving. Uh, so there, there's many versions of this story. It's sort of hagiog hagiography here, but um, in all of them, a lion is found limping and in pain. Um, he presents his paw to St. Jerome, 
and Syndrome uh, compassionately removes the thorn that is bothering the lion. And from that day on, the lion remains the saint's loyal companion. Always make, made me think of uh, this lovely uh, Rilke quote. Perhaps all the dragons in our lives are princesses who are only waiting to see us act just once with beauty and courage. Perhaps everything that frightens us is, in its deepest essence, something helpless that wants our love. Uh, I think this sort of this fierce lion who who is walking around with a limping paw who needs somebody to just pull the thorn out. It's a really it's a really moving image to me. Uh, and also the lion sort of representative of so many primal fears tamed in the desert by St. Jerome's kindness. Um, lions appear a lot in stories about the saints, particularly the early desert fathers. Two lions famously help St. Anthony uh, bury St. Paul of Thebes, the first hermit. Uh, I think of these first two, two to, uh, monastics enduring self-imposed banishment in the desert. They ultimately make friends with the wild, taming their primal fears with compassion and patience. And of course, uh, speaking of literary things, if you think of a lion and the saints, I bet a lot of us will start thinking of C.S. Lewis and the Narnia series and the Christ-like lion he created in Aslan. And I think of how Mr. Beaver tells the children that he isn't safe, but he is good. He's the king. And so when you think about, again, um, this story of St. Jerome and the lion, and you think maybe even in that story of the lion as being a, a Christ figure, um, this, this incredibly powerful creature um, who could have acted out in anger, um, but instead uh, bowed his head, asked for help, um, and sanctified this ill-tempered, sharp-tongued man in the process. Uh, so just a little side story there of sort of our patron of literary um, literary pursuits in St. Jerome. Uh, I think that that is a wonderful story. Here's another great quote uh, from St. Jerome to inspire us. He says, when we pray, we speak to God, but when we read, God speaks to us. And I think um, many of us maybe have this experience of you come across exactly the right book at exactly the right time, and and they really do speak to us. And it's, it doesn't have to be a theological book. It could be anything. Um, but but books are so powerful. Um, I'm looking around the room here. I'm, I'm looking at all the books. And I remember this same feeling from when I was a kid of seeing open bookshelves and just sort of the the uh, worlds they promised to me and the possibilities that they promised. I was so enraptured with them. I think that books are, are beautiful decor, but also just sort of on this level that they promise these whole other worlds. I remember just looking at the spines and, and pulling books out and just being so enamored with them and so fascinated by the possibilities that they held. And uh, I worry sometimes with uh, Kindles and Nooks and things like that, uh, that kids won't have that same ex experience of seeing a bookshelf. And uh, I, th I think that um, that is really important. And also just sort of the serendipity of, uh, of just sort of pulling out a book at random and, uh, and every now and then you just find this amazing read, whether you're at the library or at the book or on, you know, a, a sort of bookshelf in your own house. Um, books promise this openness and this, this, um, there's, there's an element of, uh, of fate, I think, in the books we come across. And, uh, there's always that open possibility. And that I think is the literary life. Um, this, this whole topic was inspired. Somebody suggested, you know, reading, reading lifestyle, um, uh, literary life. And, um, that this, this is books mean so much to me. They have, have given me so much and I think also in a culture of sort of just 
30-second uh, clips and reels and, um, you know, scrolling, everything like that. They're actually uh, a very rebellious thing. Here's something you can hold in your hands. It's a physical object, and it contains, amazingly, um, the thoughts and uh, stories of somebody um, alive or dead, somebody you don't know, um, that, uh, that, that is sort of saved here through the written word. And I think it can be a rebellious act to sit down now and take some time to read. And it, it does wonders for your attention. I know there have been times in my life, especially anxious times when I haven't been able to read as much as I would like, or I've, I'm, you know, watching TV instead. But it really, it really affects your attention span. And if you can set a timer, even just say 10 minutes a day, I'm going to read and just put a timer on your phone where you don't look at anything but the book. I bet um, quite quickly you'll find yourself just cruising right past that 10 minute mark. And uh, that attention span that you develop, that eye for detail, um, that ability to immerse yourself in this other world in the book is going to have ramifications in all these other areas of your life. So I think it is worthwhile to pursue the literary life. I think it is it is a gift. So let's all make some time to read. Let's hope that we get gifted an amazing library uh, like Bell got, <laughs> and um, and I I hope you you find find some good 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 books uh, this week and this year. Um, some you know in the past I've set reading challenges on. Goodreads, which is a great way to keep track of your reading. This year, I'm not setting a reading goal because I, I think that sometimes I get a little obsessed with like, oh, okay, I need to just read another book. And I just want to, I just want to make time to read. I don't care how many books that is. Um, I just want to make sure that I'm making the time to read. So, um, and you're welcome to add me on Goodreads. If you look up goodreads.com slash Katie's online library, you should find me. Let's be friends. Let's look at each other's reviews and recommend books and things like that. I would love that. So, um, here's to a great year ahead of books and, uh, and literature and discovering new stories, new characters, and, uh, just really immersing ourselves in that literary life. So if you're new to the podcast, um, I always end with a recommendation, something that I hope will uplift you, inspire wonder, inspire you to explore uh, explore more music, books, films, things like that. So uh, on a literary theme here, I wanted to recommend the amazing soundtrack to the 1990s version of uh, Little Women. <laughs> I'm looking at uh, Jojo, Josephine here, uh, Joe March ins inspired baby. Um, and... You want to say anything? Do you like the soundtrack? Just crawling away. Um, I think it's an amazing soundtrack. I love, 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 love the Greta Gerwig uh, version of Little Women. I think it's brilliant. Uh, I think I'm going to do a whole episode. Actually, I definitely am going to do a whole episode about Little Women and the adaptations um, and uh, what we can learn from them, why this story, this small family life story is so compelling um, all these years later. But uh, I do have such a soft spot specifically for the soundtrack from the 1990s Winona Ryder, Susan Sarandon, Kirsten Dunst uh, version of this uh, of this movie. So I'm going to end the podcast with the main theme, Orchard House, and I'll link the Spotify playlist that has the whole the whole Thomas Newman soundtrack, which is just wonderful. I will just uh, I will end the episode uh, with this brilliant soundtrack and uh, just remind you to to uh, find good books, pursue good books, 
it's worth it. It's uh, it's a it's it's an important part of life. So I hope you find some good good reads on no better time than winter time. Uh, it's, I'm looking out at a snowy world right now to cozy up with a great book. So uh, I hope you find a great book to read this week and this month. And uh, hi. hi. Um, just a reminder that if you did want to support uh, me on Patreon, I'm going to put a link in the show notes, uh, and I would so appreciate it. Um, but if you no, no pressure at all, if you would rather leave a review or just go on listening, uh, just know that every every download, every share, uh, every like, every review means so much to me, and it, uh, I just I just am so grateful for this opportunity to explore these amazing topics with all of you so thank you so much uh looking forward to season three you're going to want to tune in uh next episode uh because my friend Miriam and i are going to chat all about our trip to scotland uh while we have a bit of whiskey and uh just sort of reminisce give you some good travel ideas talk about why scotland and celtic culture is so amazing so i think that'll be a lot of fun okay thank you so much i'm katie marquette and this is born of wonder Here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing.